today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. Peter is going to begin laying out the identity of the Christian community, and his words show us that this community stands in stark contrast to the world around it. Rather than the world sort of molding and shaping this community, this community of Christians stands fast. It doesn't just survive, it thrives. And it doesn't just thrive, it reshapes the world around it. It is a community, as we have seen, of impossible hope that smiles and sings under any difficulty. Hope in God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. became a Christian, did you notice as time went on that you looked less and less like the world? There should be a sense that you don't belong to this world system any longer. Pastor Ricky will be helping us understand that our identity is in Jesus, and we shouldn't yearn for acceptance or desire to fit in with the world. As you read the Word of God, you'll notice very quickly that the Christian community is called to a much higher standard, and it's actually in stark contrast to the world. Now, here's Pastor Ricky with part one of his message entitled, The Countercultural Christian Community. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God for All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Something miraculous happened in a concentration camp in Chifu, China during World War II. Uh, When Japan invaded China, they put foreigners like Americans or Brits or Germans in concentration camps. And this included, in one case, about 150 students that were at a boarding school. So they and their boarding school and their teachers were all seized and marched right into a camp in Chifu. Now, these children were without their parents. They were being guarded by attack dogs and guards with rifles among soldiers who had a reputation for brutality. They were given so little food that some of the adults in the camp starved. But in this concentration camp, something miraculous happened. Many of the teachers and older students were girl guides, which is the international version of the Girl Scouts. And so on their way to the concentration camp, they grabbed uniforms and badges and materials on their way to the camp. And in the concentration camp in Chifu, China, they started a Girl Guide troop. The motto of the Girl Guides is, a Girl Guide smiles and sings under all difficulties. 
So the teachers sang songs with the students. They handed out merit badges for doing things like carrying buckets of coal shavings and reconstituting them into pieces of coal and then putting them in the fire and had contests over who could get the stove the hottest. Uh, They required everyone to have good table manners. As one teacher put it, there is not one set of manners for the princesses in Buckingham Palace and another set of manners in Chifu, China. So one year went by, two years went by, Three years went by, and it seemed inevitable that the harsh reality of this concentration camp would eventually overwhelm and shatter this little world of girl guides in the concentration camp. But instead, survivors reported that the opposite happened. The girl guides actually changed the mood of the camp around them, even the attitudes of the adults. One survivor of the camp, who was a little girl during this time, said simply this, we lived a miracle. (laughs) And they did until four years after being captured, they were rescued. But for four years, an impossible community within a community not only survived, but thrived. And not only thrived, but influenced everything around it with their sunny dispositions and happy games and table manners. Today, we are talking about building a community within a community. Now, Peter is going to begin laying out the identity of the Christian community, and his words show us that this community stands in stark contrast to the world around it. Rather than the world sort of molding and shaping this community, this community of Christians stands fast. It doesn't just survive, it thrives. And it doesn't just thrive, it reshapes the world around it. It is a community, as we have seen, of impossible hope that smiles and sings under any difficulty. This community is even more radical than the Girl Guide community of Chifu, China. And today, Peter extends an invitation to us to join in. The men, though, will be relieved that we will not be handing out uniforms or merit badges at the end of the service. That would be a little too far. And just for historical uh, kind of note, I believe this is the first time I've ever used a Girl Scout illustration. But the big idea is simple today. New life brings a new community. Peter has been laying out this idea that we are born again to a living hope, that we have a brand new life that results from our hope in Jesus. But this new life produces something. It produces a community. Now, remember that Peter is not just writing to individuals, okay? Sometimes we read the letters of the New Testament as if they're written to us. But in actuality, these letters, especially this letter from first, this letter of first Peter, which is a letter from Peter, was actually written to a group of churches. And what would happen is somebody would take the letter and deliver it to the church. And the church, somebody, when they gathered on Sunday, would stand up and read the letter from Peter. And they would glean what they could from it. And then the person would go to the next town and next church. And that person would stand up and read the letter from Peter. So, so the people receiving these words aren't individuals kind of alone in their study, but gathered communities of believers just like this one. 
So they know that when the gospel came to their town, they were radically born again. They, they begin finding out who else in town has had their life radically transformed. They begin getting together with these people, gathering with them. They form a new community that stands in stark contrast, in impossible contrast, a community within a community. Now, Peter is going to tell us four things about this new community today. And the first thing he'll show us is what grows from this community. First, what grows from this new community? Verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Peter's words here, are, are about being purified or about obedience are actually not about kind of daily Christian life. Um, remember, he's just been talking about what God has done to bring us to new life, that the Holy Spirit comes and opens our eyes and raises our hearts to new life. And so on, on the one hand, Peter's been preaching kind of from God's perspective, what happened to us. He raised us to new life. He caused us to be born again. But from the human perspective, Peter says... You obeyed the truth. In other words, you heard the truth of the gospel about Jesus and you obeyed it. You repented of your sins. You believed in Christ. And when you did this, something happened. Your soul was purified. Now, this doesn't talk about, this isn't referring to kind of ongoing purification and sanctification. This is kind of the once for all, your heart gets a transplant. Your heart of stone, heart of flesh. That's what happens. Your obedience to the truth having purified you, does something. Now, let me just pause here and say this. Friend, if you are trying to be part of the church and this has not happened to you, do not just go through the motions. Uh, sometimes people want a little church or a little encouragement, but they don't want to actually leave their old life. No, Peter says, no, obey the truth. I mean, that means saying, okay, I see what Jesus has done for me, that he's lived a life that I could not live. He's died in my place. He calls me to now put my trust in him, my hope in him to stop doing what I was doing in my old life and to live a new life. And Peter says, to this group of believers, you obeyed the truth. If you have not obeyed the truth, maybe you, you've been around Christianity, maybe you've, you've been kind of uh, grown up in Christianity or, or you, you wanna get a little spiritual, friend, there's, there's no way to become part of this radical community other than to lose your life and find it, other than to obey the truth of the gospel when it calls you to repent and believe. But when you do that, something amazing happens. Your sins are washed away. Your old life begins to wash away and its power over you breaks instantly. So if you haven't done that, friend, that, that's how you get into the church community. It's not by getting enough merit badges. <laughs> like you serve in this team and that team and you, you, you hit uh, six Sundays of attendance in a row and then we're like, ching, okay, perfect. Now you're in the community. No, no, no. All of us form this community by saying, I'm an idiot. I've sinned against God. I have no way to get right with him, but I believe in Jesus. That's how you get into the community. You repent of your life, put your faith in Jesus. Now, to pick this back up, this, Peter says, all of this happens for a reason, for a sincere brotherly 
love. One of the great effects of God's work in your life and your belief in the gospel is that you now have a sincere brotherly love. So when you're purified, kind of the hatred of this world kind of washes off of you. And what's left is this brotherly love, this new thing growing in your heart that you did not expect. Brotherly love. Now, I have two boys. They're three and one, and they fight a fair amount, and I'm sure they will fight more in the future. Um, But recently, our project was putting them in the same room together um, because they were sleeping in separate rooms, and we figure when one of them yells, it's just going to wake up the other one and vice versa, and you're going to deal with it. Welcome to the next 16 years of your life. Um, It will encourage you to get a job at at age 18 or something. Um, And so uh, what was funny is initially, Ford... Cohen would just cry, didn't want to go to sleep, didn't want to sleep. So Ford, the older one, would, uh, walked in and he just had his hands over his head like, oh my gosh, this child, can you believe this? But this morning, uh, when Cohen woke up, the little one woke up, uh, my wife went to go get him, to feed him, and Ford goes, no, mom, no, don't take Cohen. He wanted him to stay in his room with him. Within a week, he went from, oh my gosh, can you believe this kid, to, no, 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 I, I need him now. He needs to stay here with me in our room, right? All of a sudden, something changed in them. That's what Peter is talking about. All of a sudden, people that you would have normally gone, I don't know if I like them, something in your heart begins to grow. And you think, I need them. I have affection for them. It doesn't seem like I would normally have affection for that kind of a person. It's a sibling love. It's an in, we're in this together kind of love. And friend, if, if you're trying to follow Jesus and you haven't really committed to love a specific group of people in Christ, you're missing one of the purposes for which Christ redeemed you. Um, we are meant to live our new life in a new community. And that's, there's a radical name for that. It's called a local church, right? It's, it's a group of people from different backgrounds and, and ages and nationalities who come together to follow Jesus together. And for some strange, inexplicable reason, people that would normally irritate us, we have some kind of brotherly affection for. So let me encourage you. I know we've got a, a number of folks that are in the military or with the federal government that have to move frequently as part of your job rotation. And I just want to encourage you. Christ died so that you could do this. That as you go, even if you have that type of job, let me encourage you, find a good group of people. Um, Love them. Get involved in their lives. This is one of the reasons for which Christ died to purchase you, so that you could be part of this community. And so Peter charges the believers to do this, to love one another earnestly from a pure heart. He says, you have this love now, so act on it. So love one another earnestly. Now, love is a radical act in a society like ours that's based on mutual self-interest, largely, right? We love people or things that make us feel good. Much of love, even romantic love in our culture is transactional, I act this way and make you feel this way, and you act this way and make me feel this way. And then when do we fall out of love? We fall out of love when they stop making us feel that way, right? Or are irritable, and they're thinking, well, I could say the same thing, you know? 
I'm not getting kind of what our social contract said that I would get. You would do this, I would do this. You've broken your contract, so the thing's off. But we, we do the same thing in offices, in campuses. We, we help people, expect them to help us. We do things, we expect them to do things for us. And Peter says nothing about what they are to do in return, but instead says, you love one another earnestly. One commentator, Ed Clowney, says, God is not satisfied with tolerance or acceptance, far less with formalized distance. He will have love, sincere love, without pretense or hypocrisy. But even sincerity is not enough. Our love must be deep or earnest or intense. This is a word that means stretched or strained. It's the same term that describes the, listen to this, the same term that describes the earnestness of Christ's prayer in Gethsemane. He says, do you remember when Jesus sweat drops of blood praying to the Father, the, the pastor of him, praying for his disciples with an earnest love? That kind of love, that straining and stretched love, that's the love you're supposed to have for others in Christ. So it's important to note that this love that Peter's talking about is not tolerance. Love is not the absence of active warfare, okay? Sometimes we think, well, yeah, you know, in Christ, I love that person. We're, we're cool. Well, what do you, what's your definition of, you know, we're cool. We all love them. Well, we're not fighting right now, so, so I love them, you know? Peter says, no, 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 no. You love them when you're stretched and straining the way that Jesus stretched and strained for you, you stretch and strain for other people. This love is not superficial. Love is not saying, oh man, I love Drew, he's funny. Love that guy. No, love is something deep and intense. It's meaningful, it's substantive. Love is also not distance because love at a distance is not real love, right? Anybody can love anyone at a distance. What happens is when you start living with the same group of believers long enough to see their faults and 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 your love gets kind of stretched and strained, and you decide to keep loving them. In our world, this kind of love is as strange as girl guides singing scout songs in the middle of a concentration camp. Because who does this, right? The, the world's wisdom is, okay, well, you need to be around people that, that are like gonna just be good for you. And you need to like pick your friends that are, that are let like you and make you feel good and are all about you, right? And then we wonder like, well, we fight a lot because we get groups of friends that are all about themselves, right? So like, and Peter says, listen, I want you as a community, the community for whom Christ laid his life down, who stretched and strained to the point of the cross to redeem you and win you and purchase you, even when it wasn't convenient, who did not keep a comfortable distance from you, who got into the mess of your life, I want you to do the same thing for other Christians. I want you to get into the mess of their life. I want you to love them earnestly from a pure heart. So here's a question. What's growing from your heart naturally to the believers around you lately? When you think about the believers in your life, I mean, your community group, in your church, what's been growing lately? If you just let your heart go, what would grow? Is it bitterness? Is it strain? Is it resentment? Or is it love? 
Peter wants to remind us, you have a new supernatural love, but you must act on it. You must choose to love the people around you. But second, Peter highlights what plants this new community. He's already shown us what grows from this new community, but kind of backs up and says, okay, let me show you what plants this new community. He says, since, which is a connecting word. So he says, I want you to love one another earnestly since you have been born again. Now, the connection is that we relate in a radical way because our community started in a radical way. We shouldn't relate to one another the, wor- the way that the world relates to one another because our community comes from a totally different place. Peter wants to remind them that their new life in Christ planted them as a new community. And to give an illustration of this, he says, since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Now, Peter uses this language throughout his letter, the perishable versus the imperishable. And the image is basically this, that the world, all of the stuff around us is passing away faster and faster and faster. And every moment things pass away, but into this kingdom that is passing away is a kingdom that is not passing away. He says, you've been planted with a radically different type of seed than any other community that grows in this world. It's interesting when you watch kind of nature shows about environmental change, where kind of an environment goes from uh, being lush to becoming a desert over a period of years, or an environment that gets flooded and brings more more kind of water and moisture and other things grow. And as environments change, a lot of the things in the old environment get stripped away. But there are always a handful of of new things that blow in from somewhere else that respond perfectly to the environmental change and thrive in the new environment. And Peter says, this is exactly what you are. This world that seems so green is rotten. It's passing away. It's becoming a desert wasteland. But in the middle of it, there's a little clump of palm trees and a cool spring, right? You are not passing away you will thrive in the world that is to come. And he continues further down this path in verse 24. For, he says, all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So Peter is saying, You were planted in a radically different way with a radically different seed, so you should be a radically different community. The seed that planted your community was the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news about Jesus. Peter is one of those hard-hitting books in the Bible intended to shake us to the core. In this series, Pastor Ricky will be sharing messages entitled The Counter-Cultural Christian Community and The Time is Short and many more. Each one of these messages will bring insight into specific areas in the Christian life. 
You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Elcanta of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Cross of Grace Church, can be downloaded from our website at www.betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, the number to call is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to walk in obedience to Him by being a part of the body of believers, please join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. For more information, including driving directions, visit betternewsradio.com. We hope to see you soon. Music heard here on Better News Radio is courtesy of Sovereign Grace Music. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from his series in the book of 1 Peter next time on Better News Radio. Open.